Well, hello. Welcome to the next episode of Pegasus Radio. And once again, I am delighted to be joined by the ever-amazing Matthew Easton, who leadership coach to the consultancy and construction industry. Welcome, Matt. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me back again. What are we on now? Are we on the fourth time, I think? Fourth time? Three, yeah, three, four, five, something like that, yeah. Set up our yeah. Own, uh, we should set up our own separate podcast channel, the Matt, Matt and Paul <laughs> show, and I uh, don't know, <laughs> see where it goes. <laughs> um, so today we are going to we're going to ask the question, are you in a toxic workplace? Um, and me and Matt are going to give you our views on that. Um, and we, we were just speaking briefly before we started recording. Um, I think one of, the, one of the questions to really unpack is, do you know whether you're in a toxic workplace? Um, and, and, you know, is there better out there? So I think that's the subject we're going to discuss today, Matt, if that's okay with you. Yeah, sounds good, Paul. Sounds good. Brilliant. Okay, excellent. So I think it's fair to say there's a lot of, um, what was I going to say, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff, I guess, in social media. Um, around toxic managers, toxic bosses. Um, what's, what's your view of what a toxic boss is, Matt? Yeah, I think um, for, for me, having, having had the misfortune to have one or two, I mm. think they're people that typically don't sort of look after you would be my mm. first sort of point. Do you feel like you're being looked after? Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like, even as, as, as simple as, do you feel like you want to go to work every day? as well yeah um i've been talking to a few people recently even talking about you know i'm quite glad that i work from home more now mm. because i don't have to deal with my boss face to face but i'm yeah. seeing now even toxic behaviors creeping in on teams as well so the thing that sort of resonated with me was actually that's quite bad isn't it if you have a bad meeting with your boss and you're at home on your own after it's finished mm. where do you go you know who do you talk to then so i think toxic bosses can kind of pervade every aspect of your life um and it leaves you feeling a bit helpless as well yeah absolutely i think my definition i think i agree with everything you said there i think my definition or some other bits i'd add to that is i do think toxic bosses generally i think are people who've got their own agenda uh, and they are Hmm. they are quite happy to kind of use and abuse you and and your and your fellow colleagues to, to get where they want to go um, yeah. One thing I often hear, which I think people get frustrated with, is is they do a great piece of work and their boss takes credit for that bit of work, um, and it almost furthers their boss uh, to the detriment of them because you know, in in the eyes of the senior management, um, i.e., their boss's boss, they think that's yeah. your boss who's done that work and, and not and not you who's done that work. So, I think that's a big one for me. Um, yeah. I think I tend to find that I, I you know I hate to be a stereotype, but but it, but it is a bit. You tend to find these are often bosses and that could be male or female, but usually ones who are maybe possibly sometimes a bit older, maybe, and and maybe don't Mm. have the challenges that maybe people with young families have, um, or just generally younger people, you know, the expectation that you should be there all the time for that company and and, and that the women of that boss, you know, almost 24 seven. I think that's a big, big issue. I think that people just are expected to, to just, you know, be there all the time for that, for, for their, for their boss, um, regardless of their own social lives. Yeah, and I think the other side of that as well is that they probably talk talk about that to their to their staff, but aren't probably doing that themselves either. I think that's yeah. the other flip side is often you'll get get bosses that will work their teams really hard, but mm-hmm. if there's a social event or there's something that they want to attend, then mm-hmm. they're going to attend it and and not kind of practice what they preach as well. Yeah, absolutely. so I think sometimes there's a bit of uh, contradiction in the way 
they behave versus the way they they manage people as well. Yeah. And then, of course, the most classic thing about anybody when you use the word toxic is that just a lot of, unfortunately, line manager boss are just are just bullies. Frankly, they, they bully people. Yeah. Um, you know, they might they might take a particular individual that who they they have a dislike to for whatever reason, and some of it can be seen as oh, it's just a bit of banter. Um, and, and, yeah. and as we're learning now, um, you know, hopefully more and more because the you know diversity, inclusion, equality agenda is really now at the forefront, which is where it should have been years ago. But that is the reality, you know. Some of this um, banter, oh, it's just banter yeah. in the office, you know. Don't be so, don't be so um, sensitive. And it's not banter, is it? It's in a lot of cases, is is systemized bullying of certain people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm doing a lot of work with organisations at the moment about kind of creating respectful workplaces, and and banter always comes up. And what what I would the question I always ask people when they they talk about banter is, you know is this including people or, or is it excluding people? Because if nobody wants to come to work and, and it be kind of quite a sterile workplace. So if, no. if there's banter and it's inclusive of people and people mm. feel okay with it, then that's great. But if it is excluding people, um, singling people out, and often if it's sort of relentless day, every single day, that's when it, it can be quite harmful for people as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And the, the challenge for a lot of people is they don't know how to speak up then yes. because they don't want to be seen as not part of the group or they don't want to risk the wrath of their boss or, or you know, be on the receiving end of some of that banter as well. So it can be quite, quite difficult and, and it, it affects the whole team as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I think one thing we were saying earlier, Matt, is sometimes I think people don't know they've got a toxic boss because... Or, or maybe just assume that it will be the same wherever they go. This, this is just work. Yeah. This is, this is what, this is maybe the industry I'm in. This is the work I'm in. And particularly as, as me and you both focus primarily in construction. Obviously, it's yeah. got construction has a bad reputation for that, doesn't it? You know, it'd be a very, very male dominated, very, I guess, kind of masculine environment. You, you know, yeah. you don't, you don't complain. You know, all this kind of stuff. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't ever show weakness. Um, and yeah. so I think there is a danger that some people uh, maybe assume, well it's irrelevant whether I move jobs because it will be the same wherever I go. Um, and I guess an important message I want to get across today, and I'm, I'm sure you do, Matt, and obviously you've said you've experienced it yourself, um, you know, from sometimes working under a toxic boss and then leaving and realizing, Oh my goodness, you know, there, there, there is more out in life and, and this is not how it is everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, as you say, you don't realize it until you've sort of, been brave enough to take that step and go and go and talk to other people and go and experience other other companies or even other teams within your business as well. Yeah. So I think often, as as I've sort of said quite quite regularly, you know, people people do leave bosses, they don't leave companies. Yeah. Um, and when you talk to people about, well, would you go back and work there? They'll often say, oh, it's a good company, but I wouldn't work in that team or I wouldn't work in that office. And so it it's clearly that's the person that's running the team or the office is what they're not going to go back to. I had that very conversation actually earlier this week, Matt, with somebody who was, um, who, who um, was an ex employee of, of, of one of my clients. And I approached them mm -hmm. about going back there and they said, look, absolutely. I'd go back to that organization any day of the week. However, I will not go back yeah. into that office because the head of that office is not a good individual. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think they were particularly saying they were absolutely a toxic character, but generally just look a real character clash there. And I, I, I can't work under that individual again. And, and I'd have to do it by going back there. So, so it's a no. Um, yeah. 
but I really respect the business. <laughs> and that's like, wow. Yeah. That's, that's and it. I think I think that's important for, for businesses to understand as well, particularly in the current market where it is very much a sort of candidate's market. Mm. You know, people talk to each other about that. You know, if I'm thinking of going to join a company and I say, oh, what do you think about this company? And they say, oh, yeah, good company, but don't, don't mm. go and work in that team or that office. Mm. That sticks with people, doesn't it? And it it kind of builds a, a resistance to joining just in case you get put in that team or put, put in that office as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, that's it. I know me and you were, were good at going off on tangents, but, but, but I'm, I'm, off, I'm off on one now because if I forget it now, we won't, we won't come back to asking again. How do you think you work out? How, how do you think you can avoid joining a toxic organisation? What, what, what would you suggest as some of the some of the bits of research somebody can do to try and um, try and unearth that? Um, yeah. Start with a good one, actually. Um, again, going off on another slight tangent here. What, what's your thoughts on Glassdoor, Matt? <laughs> and then we'll... Um... Yeah, it's the first thing that springs to my mind when you say, you know, what do you think about a company? Yeah. Um, I, I interviewed with a company a couple of years ago uh, before I started working for myself. And as soon as I went on Glassdoor, they were like two out of five. So yeah. immediately sort of the alarm bells start ringing. And that, yeah. that got sold as, well, it's an opportunity. So I sort of had a look at it. But again, I think, you know, you read some of the, the the comments on there and often it refers to, you know, it does name names often in Glassdoor about who's a good person to work for, who's a bad person to work for. Mm. Um, so I think it's a it's a good start point, Glassdoor. The, the caveat, I guess, is often most people will go on there when they have got an axe to grind. So yes, you've got to, you've got to take that with a bit of a pinch of salt. But yeah. I think ask ask around, you know, the yeah. industry, people people within the industry will know who are good good companies to work for, who are not good companies to work for. They'll know who, who good people are to work for as well. So find out who who might be a, a good boss for you. Yeah, which team and, you're joining. And, yeah. 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 And I think it's, you know, again, people know individuals within the industry. Also, yeah, that person will look after you. That person will develop you. They'll 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 challenge you. They'll grow you. And those are the kind of people that, that I would suggest you want to be, you know, you want to be joining their teams and learning from them and, and developing under them as well. Yeah, definitely. So here's another couple of bits I would give some additional tips on that, just in terms of utilizing LinkedIn. Um, as as mm. I know, I do, I do love LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a couple of things you can look at to try and work out whether a, a business is good to join. Um, I think first is just use LinkedIn to work out, do you know anybody who you've ever yeah. worked with, went to uni with years back maybe, who now works at that business. That's an easy one. Just reach out to them if, yeah. if you've got a relationship with them. Um, but another good one I like to look at is um, you can go onto uh, the company's company page on LinkedIn. Mm. You can see, if you click on the analytics, it has to be, I think, a business over 30 staff. But you can see right. generally um, their their growth. Um, and, and if you really want to drill down properly, you can go down and see how long people have been there Um I think you right. may be able to even see ex-employees who've worked there as well. So you can see generally what essentially what I'm getting at. You can you can see if you do some due diligence, you can see what the what the kind of rate of turnover is within the business. Um, you know, what's the kind of typical length of service in the business? If it's all quite short on average, then maybe yeah. that should be an alarm bell to you straight away. Well, they the seem to have quite a high churn. Um, yes, there are sometimes mitigating circumstances, but in most cases. If a business has high churn, it's usually a negative reason rather than a positive reason. Yeah, good. yeah, I didn't. I'd not come across that before. That's a good little uh, little lever to pull if you're looking yeah. to it's a useful tool. Yeah, definitely yeah. It's a useful tool. Yeah, 
And I like that. I think as well, like you say, just use your network as well. People yeah. that you know and trust who are going to tell you, you know, what it's really like to work there. Um, I think the other part of that is the actual process that you go through if you are being interviewed as well. You know, what's the interview like? Mm. Um, is it a kind of interrogation or is it a conversation about you? I think that that kind of old school way of interviewing like it is a sort of interrogation is mm. is not the way forward. So think about those things as well. And, and also, I think how they treat you during the process. Do they give you feedback quickly or do they keep you hanging on? Mm. Um yeah. So you you kind of start to get a feel for actually is this is this a good good organization or not, just depending, you know, yeah. dependent on your experience of actually dealing with them as well. Yeah. I think if a business will will let you do this, I think a couple of things when you're interviewing with the business that I always recommend is try and actually meet the person who you will be reporting into, I think is a good one because yeah. you, you know the problem is to an extent with interviewing, generally speaking, the companies are not are not or they shouldn't, if they've got any intelligence anyway, they should put their best foot forward and put their best person in front of the candidate who's really good at selling their business. And for what it's worth, I always encourage my clients to do that just because, to be fair, some individuals who, are, who may even be a great line manager perhaps are not always the best uh, the best at interviewing. Um, so I, I would generally encourage my clients to put their best foot forward there. Having said that, it's still maybe useful for you to meet the person who you will ultimately be reporting into just to make sure there's no major character clash, I think, with, with that individual. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's there's got to be that. There's got to be that chemistry there, hasn't there? Because if you if you don't get on with your boss, that can be a, a a recipe for disaster. So yeah, absolutely. Meet meet your boss and talk to them, and 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 I think ask them. Yeah, a lot of questions as well. You know about things like your career development, the opportunities, yeah. the projects that they've got on, um, how they're going to develop you, and if if they've not thought about it. <laughs> that probably tells you all you need to know before you before you commit your career to them as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, look, there are. I, I do think, and it's something I get quite frustrated with with candidates, especially when I see them. Um, I'll, I'll see the odd candidate who may be. Um, I'll, I'll see that have moved on LinkedIn, and, and yeah. I'll see that have moved to you know a pretty poor company. And I feel really sorry for them, and I feel like they've just not done the due diligence. Even yeah. worse, I'll then see that individual perhaps make two, three bad moves in a row because in each case, right. they've not done their due diligence and they've moved. They've ended up going from one poor company to another and that ends up reflecting terribly badly on their CV because it looks like they're a job hopper when in fact what they've yeah. done is they've made some really bad choices on more than one occasion. And to be fair to them, they've got to take some responsibility there because they've simply not done their due diligence on the organisation. They've not looked yeah. around enough to make sure it's the right, right company to go to. Yeah. What what kind of things would you encourage people to look for before they're starting to make a move? Then when you when you talk about due diligence, you mentioned the the LinkedIn thing there. What what else? Would yeah. You look, I think uh, look. I, I, I know this will sound incredibly biased, but first of all, pick the right recruiter <laughs> because yeah. frankly, some recruiters just are not interested in. They've no interest in um, in the interest of the individual. They're interested in making a placement. Um, and, yeah. and I do you know without getting on my soapbox, I think that's a good start. Is you know go to a reputable recruiter who. Um, and yeah. you can find a reputable recruiter a few ways, you know, look on their LinkedIn profile. I always say that hopefully I'm quite an open book and, and hopefully people, if mm -hmm. they engage with me on LinkedIn, will see that I genuinely want to do a good job and genuinely want to do something for the industry. Um, yeah. You know, look and see how yeah. many recommendations a recruiter has on, the, on their profile. Again, if you looked at mine, you'll see I've got a lot. Um, you know, it's yeah. not supposed to be a sales pitch for me, but there are ways for you to work out what a good and a, a bad recruiter are. You know, speak to your yeah. colleagues and say, you know, which recruiter do you recommend? Um, you know, so, yeah. so I think that's the first point is 
if you're going to engage, if you're going to properly look at the market, engage a decent recruiter who does know the market, basically, I think, and, and can genuinely and will genuinely yeah. listen to you, understand what you want, and suggest companies that would fit that mold, I think, first and foremost. Um, so I think that, and then, to be honest, the stuff we've already mentioned is the other stuff, Matt, exactly like you say, you know, yeah. you know, just, you know, through the interview process, does this feel like a good fit? Does this feel like it's the right kind of organisation for me? Am I able to meet enough people in the business for me to form a good idea about what the right business is for me? Yeah. You know, do I know anybody? A really good one is to ask, see if you can identify anybody you know who's an ex-employee of that business. Yeah. Um, sometimes even better than a current employee, to be honest, uh, because that's almost one of the great things. If you can go to somebody and go, you know what? Yes, I, they were a fantastic business. I, you know, I moved on for my own personal reasons, which you know could be X, Y, or Z. But if they can still speak positively about an organization they once worked for, that's probably a bloody good sign, I would, I would suggest. Yeah, um, yeah. And the last one is just don't chase the one who offers you most money. I, I, I genuinely find that I've spent, seen, spent a lot of time speaking to people in the market at the moment about this. It's like usually the one offering you most money, there's usually a reason for that, unfortunately. Um, and it's usually a negative yeah. one. It's usually they've got high churn. They drive a really high utilization rate, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, so I think a lot, of, a lot of it is is, is common sense. I think, Matt, and, and make and just making sensible sensible steps. Yes, a reach out to a good recruiter. If you go and yeah. see a company, ask a lot of questions. Um, I'm always nervous unless unless it's really good chemistry and it fits really well about companies that only do one interview and then offer you a job. I think you know, go see, have at least two meetings. Even if the even if the second one isn't isn't an interview, just a meeting. You know, maybe over a coffee or a beer with some of the team. That that kind yeah. of stuff, just to just to do enough so that you've seen enough to be confident, right? This is going to be a good move. Um, yeah. I, say, I, I can't stress enough the amount of times it saddens me when I see somebody and I pop up and I say, oh, you've not joined that business. And it's <laughs> like, and, and you know, I spoke to one recently. Um, uh, he popped up, he joined him about six months ago. I messaged him six months ago and, and, and I was pretty blunt with him going, look, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm sure that's not going to be a good move for you. Um, and lo and behold, mm. he's, he's messaged me this week saying, yeah, it's not working out. It's like, well, I know that, the, the guy who owns the business is a fucking lunatic, frankly. And um, he's, he, you know, he's, he was, he was, it's never, never a good place to work. They've got a very high churn, but again, yeah. you could probably find out by doing some due diligence that you can find the company's got a high churn and whatever. This has got to be a really good excuse for for high churn, I think. <laughs> Which, and yeah, and yeah. always it's a negative. It can't, it, it's very rare that there's a positive reason for high churn in a business. Yeah, and I think the other, that the other side of that as well, if if it is the sort of the owner of the business or if it's somebody quite senior in the business, the last person they're going to point the finger at is themselves as well. So you know, if it is a high churn, I'm sure it'll be everybody else's fault rather than the person that's running the show. Um, yeah, and that's a good segue actually, Matt, to what we started speaking about toxic bosses. So do you think <laughs> how often do you think a toxic boss can exist solely, and how often do you think it's endemic of the organisation? Because the logic would be why would a business allow a toxic boss to exist unless it's kind of endemic through the, through the chain of command? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's, that sort of is, is a great point because if, if a business is run solely on results and they don't care how those results are achieved, they're probably going to be more tolerant of behaviours that are, that are probably fall into that toxic mm. pot, you know, mm. um, so I think that is a, is a really good indication, you know, like you said, some, some firms will pay high, but that's because they're going to expect a pound of, mm. a pound of flesh from you. Mm. Um, and, and I think you're right. I think if, if, if bosses are delivering results, 
and the company's not too worried about how they're achieved, then that that's a, a bit of a recipe for disaster for, for you if you're in that team. Mm. Um, and I, But I think at the same time, sort of talking about what you said before, I, I think a lot of toxic bosses are quite good at managing up and managing yeah. that sort of perception that everything's okay and, and you know, leave it with me. Yes. Um, so they're quite good at, at massaging egos and giving that message that everything's under control. And and they, as you said before, they probably bully people into the position where they're not going to say anything. They're not going to speak out and they may not feel comfortable enough to actually leave or look for a new job because the biggest fear is, oh, what if I leave and I, I get something similar or something even worse? Mm. Yeah. Some of the things I find is, is really kind of, I think kind of psychological methods or psychological uh, almost kind of um, what's the word? Yeah. Kind of psych psychological trauma that, that some bosses give yeah. people is, is they make them believe a few things. I think they make them believe that they can't cut it elsewhere. They, they almost, you know, yeah. maybe in a, in a, in subtle ways about the way they communicate, but they almost make people doubt that they can cut it elsewhere. I think, I think is yeah. one thing they often yeah. give, I think a poor perception of the market, you know, we can't give you a pay increase for this because the market's really struggling. Um, yeah. They'll often be very, very negative about their, uh, about their competition. Um, and, 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 yeah. you know, almost, almost scare people to the fact that God, you go elsewhere, it's going to be worse than this. Um, yeah. I think all I would say to people is just, just don't believe any, any of that, you know, nobody can dictate to you, you know, how successful you will be elsewhere. And if anything, yeah. sometimes if you stay too long and believe that for too long, then you will become a little bit, you know, almost kind of indoctrinated into that environment and a bit brainwashed and possibly you will yeah. get, you will struggle elsewhere. So just don't believe it. Don't believe that there's not better out there for you. Yeah. I think the other side of that as well is, is that, you know, one of the, another technique is just to keep dangling carrots in front of people, but every time they get close to it or, or they achieve the target, then then move the goalposts a little bit more. I think as you just, Oh, we can't quite afford it at the moment, you know, for one reason or another. So can you do a bit more? And I think people sort of get get sucked into that as well. They'll they'll keep delivering, but they're not actually getting any benefits for themselves. Yeah. And that can be can be quite tricky as well because once you've committed all your energies and efforts, and you keep getting told, "Oh, you're really really close," yeah. you're up. You're more more inclined to keep to try and get it. But I think sometimes it's just sort of stringing you along because there there might not be a position to promote you into, or there might not be a, a role that's going to come up. But again, yes. the fear of losing people sometimes forces businesses to do things to to make them stay as well yeah 100 percent. no 100 i think um yeah. yeah i think um there's there's a lot of psychology i think that goes on that you know good <laughs> good or bad bosses uh, uh, well certainly yeah. bad bosses are, are very similar to, to to probably good politicians basically they've got they've got a way of um massaging things to make it make yeah. make it look like they're, they're doing the right things for that individual for the right or for the business or or about the perception of where the where the market is, um, and often a lot of it is just a just just a self serving for the, for their own position rather than for the sake of the individual. Yeah, and I think I think in terms of just thinking about what you can do as an individual, I think it's about you know having a plan mm. um, of where you want to be. Be realistic about it, but have that plan in terms of this is where I want to be. These you know these are the projects I want to work on. This is the expo I want. And then go and talk to your boss about it. And, mm -hmm. and that will give you your answer one way or another. They'll either be on board with it or they'll start to put in delaying tactics or put you off the scent. And, and that will give you the, you know, the information you need to, to make a decision then, right? Is this going to happen? Mm -hmm. 
or is it not? And I think if if you're not getting any support internally, you're not having conversations about your own development. And often, you know, we're just too busy to talk about it. That's not acceptable. Um, it's about, you know, nailing it down and saying, well, this is where I'd like to be in six months time or a year's time and see what response you get. If if you don't get any traction, it's probably time to start thinking about, well, where could I go and get this development from? Where could I take my career forward? Because I think you're right. If you if you're in an organisation that never does that, it's easy to assume that that none do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the case, is it? Hundred percent. No, this this is, and I, yeah, obviously, I spend my life talking to people about this in terms of you know, look, <laughs> what you're experiencing now is not the same. You know, I speak to a lot of people in one of the big big consultancies who I, who I don't work for, and they all, everybody I speak to, nearly to the to the individual has the same issues. They they feel like they're overutilized. There is no junior yeah. resource. The company says they're doing a lot about recruitment, but I don't. I don't get the impression they are. They just like to drive a really high utilization rate and just keep it super lean. Um, and it's yeah. just, I, it's the same conversation I've repeated over and over again. And it's amazing the amount of them that push back on me saying, "But that's just like it is across the rest of the industry." And it's like it's bloody not. <laughs> you know, a lot of other industries <laughs> have a much healthier attitude about making sure people do not get overworked. They have a much healthier attitude about recruiting junior resource and developing people. Um, it's not the same everywhere else. So you just need to maybe go and have some conversations to, to, to understand that rather than just putting up with the pain that you're suffering at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And I think that's, that's, that's exactly what people experience, isn't it? And, and it, it, it can be difficult if you've never experienced it for yourself. And, yeah. and I've, I'm talking to people quite regularly that have made those moves yeah. and they're still sort of pinching themselves, but I can't believe, you know, I've not done it sooner. I can't yeah. believe I've gone to a firm where I'm asked for my opinion. I'm given sort of free reign to what, what I need to do within, within my role. And everybody's really supportive yeah. and wants me to do well. Yeah. And, I, and I think, again, that, that probably comes back to the culture within organisations as well. If it's, if it's sort of driving, uh, driving people to the wall, if it's a bit cutthroat, if people are competing internally, that's that's when it can become very difficult to to progress for yourself. Whereas if you go to an organisation where they want you to succeed, yeah, it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And so one of the things we touched on, I think in our last episode, Matt was about how difficult the associate um, uh, yeah. role is because they because they get pressure at both ends of the spectrum from from the staff below them and and, and the superiors above them. But that probably ties in a little bit to, the, to this subject on in terms of toxic bosses. And, and I wouldn't necessarily mm. say that people are always toxic bosses, but I do think some can become bad bosses because they've not had the support. I yeah. don't have the time to be a good boss because they're literally, they, they just don't have the time to be a good manager because they're literally run ragged all the time. Um, or yeah. they've not been given any, any kind of training and support in what, what makes a good manager. You know, often we... Yeah. You know, people get promoted often based on their ability uh, for, for the discipline they do. So let's say they're a quantity surveyor. They may be yeah. an amazing quantity surveyor. And so it almost kind of seems to be a natural thing that they get promoted up to the next level. When often that's not yeah. always the best thing, is it? You know, you know, somebody who's technically good isn't always going to be destined to be a good manager. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree, Paul. The, the, the challenge here is that that difference between the sort of technical side of the business mm-hmm. and the people side of the business and the, the skill sets you need are completely different to to sort of be responsible for 10 people or however many it is their problems their issues their challenges you know takes it does take time to manage yes. people it does take time you've got to be able to listen to them mm. and you've got to want to support them and help them develop and grow as well and it's not for everyone and i think that's that's another challenge in organizations is that sometimes the only way to progress is to be 
responsible for more people when it doesn't mm. actually fit for everybody. Yeah. Um, and the, the other thing I'd add there as well is if you've not had a good role model as a boss, you're going to pick up on all of the things that they've done in the past and think yes. that's okay as well. Yeah, I think, I know, I know me and you have touched on this many times since we've spoken. Um, you yeah. know, I think it's a, and obviously, you, you know, given what you do for a living, Matt, you, you'll, you'll absolutely applaud this statement that, you know, not enough time and investment is given by businesses in terms of developing management teams. Um, and if they did, yeah. they'd probably have a lot better retention of staff um, and probably a yeah. lot happier ship. Absolutely. And I think what, what I've seen, the challenge is exactly what you've described, is the pressure to to deliver projects, there's the pressure to, to develop business, there's the pressure to, to generate fees. Mm. And all of that takes takes priority over developing your people, developing your staff and making sure they're okay. Mm. But that's the very thing that's going to generate the fees. It's going to generate the good good delivery. Yeah. It's going to generate repeat business. So, it, yeah. you know, you've got to find the the, 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 the balance and make, make sure it's a priority. And what, what I talk to a lot of organisations about, though, is if, if people are not being measured on that, if they're not being managed on it, they're not going to do it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's as simple as that, isn't it? If, if, if you work for me and all I talk to you about is how, how much have you generated in fees this month, Paul, mm. that's what you're going to focus on. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And if and, I'm and, talking and, to you about, well, how are you, how are you developing these people? Yeah. You, you're going to start focusing on that. 100%. And, and that's, you know, you, you know, the businesses need to change their KPIs out of their metrics and, and, and make sure it's not just about yeah. fees. It's about, like you say, it's about, you know, what are you doing to develop people? How many of your people are advanced? You know, what are you doing to, to demonstrate to us that you really are trying to push uh, inclusion, uh, push equality yeah. in your hiring, in your hiring methods, but also in terms of in your team, what are you doing to make sure you get a diverse, uh, diverse spectrum of opinions, of views and, and hearing those views heard properly? Or, or, or are all your team just, you know, reporting into an echo chamber that, that nothing actually happens? Yeah. So if companies change those metric and KPIs, they'd like to drive a, a different output from their management team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, if, if we just talk about the skills you need to do that, it, it's quite quite straightforward. It's about are you, you comfortable asking those kind of questions for people? Are you comfortable asking them for their opinions? And then once you've asked those questions, are you actually going to listen to them? Mm. And do something with the information that they're giving you as well. So it's, you know, it's all about, are you, are you committed to doing it? Are you going to make the time to, to put some effort in there? And it, mm. and it doesn't take a great deal of effort to deliver great rewards as well. Mm. Yeah. Some, some of it is often quite simple, isn't it? As long as it's just done effectively yeah. and people are given the time to make sure they can effectively um, instigate what, you know, what changes need to be made. Yeah. And I think, you know, two, two of the biggest things that people look for in their careers is, you know, have they got that autonomy to do the work they want to do? Mm. And do they feel like they're important? Are they feeling appreciated? If you can do just those two things, you're going to see people start to really produce for you and be really engaged in what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Okay. I think that's, um, I think, I think we've done that subject to uh, some, some, uh, We've done a good job on that one, hopefully, Matt. Hopefully, uh, the listeners will yeah, agree. I hope so. Yeah, I hope there's some, there's some useful stuff in there for, for the people that are listening. Yeah. Um, because it again, it doesn't take a lot to to start the ball rolling and start to to improve the working environment and yeah. and help people develop and, and grow their careers. Yeah. Because obviously, as we've talked about, if you don't, the risk is you're going to lose them, and they're going to start doing it for your competitors. Hundred percent, and 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 you know, look, it's similar to um, the old Alan analogy people give about restaurants, isn't it? If um, 
you know, one good person might tell another another person that they had a good meal. Yeah. But um, one person has a bad bad meal and they'll tell 10 people they've had a bad meal. Um, and it's the same, I think, with staff. Yeah. And to your point about Glassdoor, and, and I do think people have to be careful about Glassdoor and, and look genuinely at the yeah. at the comments made. Because I think, as, as, as to your point, usually when people go onto a site, it's usually to complain, not always, yeah. not always to, to, to put praise. So, um, so I think I do think Glassdoor is a useful, a useful tool, but equally just take a balanced view with it. I think um, yeah. as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, the, the point is retention is massively important in the current market. If companies cannot retain their people, you know, I'll, I'll often speak a lot to a lot of my clients about what they should do for better retention. And they always laugh at me yeah. going, is it, are you shooting yourself in the foot here, Paul, by, um, by, by you know, are you like a turkey boy for Christmas here, Paul, by telling us how to retain people? But, but fundamentally, it makes my job easier if, I've, if I'm working for a company that isn't losing a lot of people and there's not a lot of people yeah. talking negatively about them. So, so it's, it's massively important to get retention right. Yeah. And I guess for you as well, that, that, that gives you companies that you actually want to put people into because Absolutely. you know they're going to have a good experience as well. 100%. 100%. You know, I want people to... You know, be very grateful for what I've done for them, and 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 will recommend friends to me. Um, you know, yeah. because I've done a good job for them. They won't be doing that if I put them to a, a horrible, toxic organisation. No, they yeah. won't be thanking you for that. I'm no, sure. Definitely not. <laughs> so, look, I think I'd round up by saying, I guess the two key points I would make to anybody listening to this: if you're an employee and you've got a toxic boss, don't bloody stand for it. You can leave. <laughs> you you have options. Yeah. Don't let anybody tell you yeah. you do not have options. You do have options. And to companies do not let a toxic boss exist in the business because they will do as much as they may be generating you profit. I promise you they're they're probably causing a lot of your churn uh, and causing you a bad reputation yeah. in the market, which you cannot afford to have at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you've, if you've taken the time maybe to put some values and behaviors in place that are important, mm-hmm. you've got to hold people to, to behaving and, and operating mm-hmm. in the right way, uh, regardless of, of how much fee they generate, because if, if people know I can get away with, with murder as long as I generate the fee, mm. they probably will. And they probably are. You're just not yeah. hearing about it because they're keeping a lid on it. Yeah. But I, I do think some companies can be a little lazy with this. If, you know, if you've got one particular department that's got very high churn, yeah. <laughs> again, you, you probably, yeah. you, yes, fine, you can do some due diligence, but, but you know, it must be pretty bloody obvious if one company keeps on losing people, or one department, I beg your pardon, let's say as a business you've generally got you know, relatively low churn, but one department sticks out like a, th- a sore thumb. There's probably yeah. a good reason. There's probably a good logic that it's the it's the person who manages that department that's potentially the issue. Would be, would be my yeah. logic to it. Yeah, and I think then it then you know it's about plucking up the courage to go and deal with that individual mm-hmm. and be quite clear about what's expected mm-hmm. of, from them as a boss yeah. as well. And I think that's where we're seeing the sort of change in in what you know in what individuals are expecting from their bosses as well like you say you know there are good bosses out there Absolutely. they're not that difficult to find 100 percent, good matt as always thank you very much for your time appreciate you're a busy guy so i always like doing these sessions with you we'll um we'll come up with our next subject for the next one if anybody has a suggestion that you would like myself and matt to cover for the next one please do drop one of us a line you can find us both on linkedin um and elsewhere, um, and happy, happy to discuss any subject um, as long as it's uh, as long as it's wholesome that, uh, <laughs> that we uh, that, you, that you would like us to discuss. Fantastic! Thanks so much, Paul. Pleasure. All right, Matt. Take care. Cheers.